Hello, I'm Rev Brad, and you're listening to Soccer Chaplains United's podcast, From the Touchline. Today, I'm joined by volunteer chaplain Clint Moore. Clint is a pastor at Christ Church ABQ, and he volunteers with New Mexico United, one of the hottest USL championship soccer teams here in the U.S. They always field a strong team with an amazing fan base, and Clint joins us for the first time on the pod to give us insight into how this team has united many of the people that live in the state of New Mexico. So don't go anywhere. We travel to the land of enchantment and talk about New Mexico United right after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle. And what a goal! What a goal! Moore, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. This is your first time on the podcast from the Touchline, and welcome. Yes, Brad. Thank you, man. Good to be here with you. And as I record, I am driving through uh, the plains. I'm not driving. My brother-in-law is driving. Uh, we're driving through the, the, the upward reaches of New Mexico headed your way, although we're on our way to El Paso. But for this week, I thought it would be great. Let's have Clint Moore, chaplain, volunteer chaplain for New Mexico United. Let's have him on the podcast because, Clint, first, it's a great story how we got connected. Second, it's a great story how we are connected with your boys. And so we'll we'll touch into some of these things. But let's talk uh, most recently, last Friday – New Mexico United, uh, Kurt and I had just done a podcast in the brand new Widener Field, and mm-hmm. here comes here comes United, and they ruin the grand home opener for the Switchbacks, and you guys beat them three to one. So, so yeah, well done man. to you, Clint. Way to ruin the party yeah. for those guys. Yeah, we our deepest apologies to the whole party, man. But uh, there's there's work to be done, and the boys went up there and got the work, got the job done. So we're proud of them, thankful for them. And hey, you're driving through northern New Mexico. Welcome to the land of enchantment, man. Yeah, uh, thank we're, you. Gl- we're glad to, glad to ha- glad to have you. You're welcome. We're, to we're gonna have to talk more talking. about this enchantment. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to find out more. Um, so so tell me, uh, three to one, you guys you guys won the game. Um, actually down down to 10 men. When did you guys, you guys lost a man, what, 60th minute or so? I, I can't remember. Yeah, Tenny, uh, Andrew Tenari, he, uh, he got in on a guy a little rough and, and, and caught a second yellow. Uh, I forget the exact moment, but, uh, but yeah, plenty, plenty of time left really to mount a comeback if, 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 if you're asking me, but, uh, but New Mexico United, dude, they, these guys, they locked in a lot of grit. I was chatting with a couple of the players afterwards, and they just a team effort to to not allow a goal. And then, um, you know, we've been at times as a club plagued by by having a lead, but but, but maybe losing that lead late in the game. And so, uh, I think we're all a little nervous. But man, these guys showed grit, showed showed passion, and 
uh, loved Brucey on the outside there with Dev connecting to him and, and put away uh, that banger. I think it was in I think it was in extra time actually that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it came right right at the death and uh, yeah. And you could Bruce had been you could feel the whole the you could feel the, you could feel the whole yeah you could feel the whole state shake when when that ball went in so yeah yeah. Well, see, Clint, that's the thing about United is you guys have probably one of the most passionate fan bases, would you say, of the entire USL championship? Yeah, you know, that's what I keep hearing. Um, I'm not tuning into a whole lot of USL games, but but when I do and when I see highlights, um, yeah, generally speaking, it it can be a tricky thing to get. And and some of this is because a lot of these teams have a first team, right, have have an MLS team, and, and, and so that's where a lot of the fan base goes. But, Everything I hear and every all the numbers I see, yeah, things have been unique. The pandemic obviously put a hamper on uh, fans in seats, but man, before that, we're putting what twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand people in Isotopes Park, which is a minor league baseball park here, Triple A baseball park. And I was telling somebody the other day, actually, it was one of the players because they finally got their first home match. Some players who played for the club for a whole season now and never got to have a home game and I so far wow. we're on the road the entire season last year yeah. but but yeah. We we're chatting at, we we're chat, we we're chatting at training last week and I said man well, what did you feel in the stadium because we, we only had 8,000 they only allowed 75% yeah. so we only had 8,000 and uh and they said it was unbelievable it was like everything I'd heard and I was like bro they're gonna pack in another you know three or four thousand people for you and 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 it looked full. We were at the stadium, my family and I, we were at the stadium. It looked full. It sounded full. It felt full. But I was telling them about uh, one specific match uh, in the first season. I think we were playing Timbers 2, and um, Timbers 2 went up one early. And then late in the match, uh, we put in an equalizer. And I w- we were sitting on the upper deck, and literally the stadium was shaking underneath us. Yeah, every every time I've watched on TV, I've I've not experienced it myself, but it just the fans just seem amazing. Now, now why is that? Is it because there's really no other professional sport in the state of New Mexico other than I mean, you've got the college, right? You got the Lobos there that people can right. kind of get behind. Is it is it yeah. that is that the reason is people's have grabbed onto this team because they're just dying for sport, or are they truly soccer hungry? Or, like, w- w- what's the rationale? It's a good question, man. I don't think anyone's ever like necessarily put their thumb on it, but I've I've heard some theories floating around. Um, for one, I, I think you know, and a lot of people say this: New Mexico needed a win, man. Like, <laughs> New Mexico is 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 traditionally and historically last in everything man like education poverty mm. crime like it just feels like it just feels like per capita we we, we have trouble with wins and 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 we needed a win we needed something positive that could unite us instead of saying oh you know what well we we, we always end up at the bottom somehow and you know we're, we're, we're yeah. united underdogs but there's a sense in which you feel like an underdog right and you want to unite for something positive and i think there was also a perfect storm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the UNM Lobo soccer team was a consistently top 25 soccer team, and it had a decent following. I mean, they're putting they're putting 1,000 fans in the, in, in the yeah. seats or more, and, and in the playoffs, we're getting three or four, I think, thousand. But, like, 
that 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 for due to due to some some financial stuff, Title IX stuff, I think they they ended up having to close down that um, part of it. And and I think a lot of those fans were like itching, like now what? What are we going to do? Who are we going to support? Who are we going to get behind? And in the, in the perfect time, you know, New Mexico United coming in. And I think it really helped that they put some local names in the club, on the team, um, in the front office, and 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 some of the people pitching, some of the people pitching the vision for the club are locals, man. And most of them are locals, really behind the heart behind what New Mexico United became. And so they knew how to speak to New Mexicans. They knew how to pitch this in such a way that united people and said, yes, we're going to be a part of that. We're gonna we're gonna get behind this. And so. It's kind of cool. Like, you go to a game, and, and I was not part of the soccer community uh, in New Mexico. I, I was a baseball guy, football guy in Clovis. But, you know, you've got you've got people in, in Isos Park bumping into each other. They haven't seen each other in years, and they played soccer together growing up here in Albuquerque. Wow. Or, they, or they played against each other in tournaments, travel tournaments, and regional stuff. So but it's, like a fa- it's like a family reunion every time the stadium's open, and, and, and the soccer community for sure. But it's also there's so many newcomers. Like, I consider myself a newcomer to the soccer community. Um, over the last five or ten years, and so um, it's just sweet to how, how welcome you are in that into that family, and it is it's a family environment, and and it they have not neglected the smaller, more distant parts of the state. They've got a flag, they've got a flag for the club that has the name of essentially every town. I mean, towns that I know about wow. and no one I know wow. knows about, and 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 these are small towns where where I where my grandmother grew up in. And, and, and they're on the flag. And, like, Elida, New Mexico, like, half the people don't even know where Elida is. And I'm like, dude, I know where Elida is. I, I, I did Thanksgiving every year. Like, and you're just you're just thankful for that kind of attention, you know, and that kind of So, that kind so of people, yeah, people feel galvanized sort of by this attention. Like, hey, this club has seen me, even in my yeah. small New yeah. Mexican town. Yeah, it's, and, yeah and, exactly. And, and that's, that's part of this uniting factor that – that it's brought absolutely and even during the pandemic that that continued on right when 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 soccer was shut down for a while and schools were shut down for a while like they turned they they didn't turn their attention they just uh uh capitalized on their attention that was already on the community and on the state to help Mm -hmm. and so they're going to places like roswell and helping out and going to places like like some of the pueblos native american pueblos in the in the state and helping out and doing stuff that that helps on a practical side, on food side, on, on, on even school supplies during school year side, like they've, they've done some really amazing things, I think, to just not stop when the, when the whistle blows. Like that's, in, in many ways, this organization really gets going when the, when the, when the whistle, when the whistle goes. They, obviously they're, they're a football club. Obviously they're going to put, put every, their heart, soul and, and, and mind and strength into, into the pitch and what they do on the pitch. And they're doing that well. But then a lot of their front office just really clicks whenever um, it's time to to bless the community and to and to do well by uh, the neighbors in the state. Clint, Clint, talk about that from a player perspective because most of the athletes that that come in to the teams in USL, right? They're they're short term contracts. They move around quite a bit. They move around frequently. How easy or difficult is it to kind of grab a hold of this? Would you just say the values of New Mexico, like would the the cultural context? Is it is it a big gap, or is it something that athletes kind of get in and and they can easily adopt and adapt and embrace? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think I think it does take um, I think it does take a season to kind of re, uh, it, it, again. I'm I'm saying this from a bit of a distance, but from what I've seen from some of the players, some of them dive in all in right away. Like I'm in. Like tell me what to do. I'm I'm on it. Um, uh, I've I've seen some newcomers even this year kind of help establish new initiatives off the pitch, which has been really cool. Um, but it could take up to a season to realize, like, no, this is real. Like this th- this club is really trying to uh, trying to make this state a better place and a more united place. And 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 so some players have grown into that. I think uh, we've seen some really cool things this year. Uh, one really big fan. One really big fan, kind of a younger gentleman. Uh, he's in his 30s. Actually, ended up dying tragically and 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 uh, unexpectedly. And one of the players uh, arranged for the whole team to gather together in the fan shop and and retire a jersey with that guy's name and number on it wow. for his kids to be a part of. And he's just like, you, you don't have to do that. Those players don't have to do that. And so, yeah. but 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 the willingness of those players to say, you know what, I'm. I'm first and foremost here to play soccer and to and to and to help this team succeed. But but there's so much more to that in the community to say, look, people do look up to us and they do look to us for 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 uh, for um, example, right, in life. And 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 if we're not setting a good example of love in the community, then then what are we doing, right? We could we could we could put balls in the back of nets all day long, and if we're jerks on the side or we're or we're turned off to the community. Then, 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 what good are we actually doing to the state? Like, we can give them something to cheer for, uh, but we want them to have something in themselves too to cheer about and to be, and to be proud of uh, as a as a community. And so that's it's been cool to see, man. Uh, it's been really cool to see some of the players take these initiatives and really own them, and even come up with the own, their 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 own ideas and their own and ideas. Get the yeah. yeah, get the yeah. blessing from the front office, and the front office puts their resources behind it, and it and it shines, man. And the front office is so good here at telling story. They're just really good storytellers. Right. And so you feel like you're part of the story, whether you're on Instagram or Twitter or, or watching their YouTube page, you feel like you're part of the story because they, yeah. they're really good at, they're really good at scooping up the state and saying, this is us. We are united. And, and they pick the right name because, because it's a big state. We joke around here in New Mexico. We're the big, we're the, we're the, we're the smallest big state in the union like we everybody knows everybody in new mexico you're only like two separate uh two degrees of separation from anyone in new mexico and yet we're like what the third fourth fifth biggest landmass state in 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 america so yeah it's 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 hometowny man uh here in here even though the state's pretty big yeah well you mentioned uh the front office and sort of their resources I i was watching um because there's a few former uh, athletes that have played for the Rapids. I, I was I was actually watching, or I'm tied into the Instagram page, I think, and and I was watching this video where uh, they bring you into the locker room, and and Troy, the head manager there, is have, have yeah he, he's he's announcing the captains for the year, and I'm like, wow, the, the, the club's bringing you into this very intimate space, and right. they're they're showing you really they're their bedroom, their their meeting room, their intimate space. So even for me, I was getting a little excited because there was a little bit of mystery, like who will the captains be? Will it be one of these guys? And and then guys got up and just kind of humbly were speaking and saying, hey, I really appreciate that you all have, have voted for me. I appreciate that 
uh, you've named me captain. Um, I think just enjoying watching this space where United's bringing you in makes you feel part of the club in some way, whether whether you're part yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, amazing. So, so, so you know, you, you, we've seen it right on the international level. We've seen clubs allow cameras into those intimate spaces. But, man, you got to wait two years for a documentary to come out. Yeah. Like, New Mexico United is doing something different, and, and they and they really are, as far as media goes and storytelling. I think they're setting the bar, and 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 uh, and I think a lot of clubs are looking at New Mexico United going, how are you doing this? And, and you're, 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 you're breaking the mold left and right, and it's all working. Like, it just keeps working. And I think that's a lot of kudos to the front office, right, Lucas Cash, uh, um, the, the the owners, right, the, the, the general manager, Troy Lassane, like the, the head coach as well. Like the the fact that they've just kind of like maybe maybe even let down some of the traditional barriers in order to experiment with and try new things, and they just keep working. And, and, and oftentimes I hear out of the front office, like someone say, well, that's never been done before. And they're like, well, then we're going to do it. Like, <laughs> so like I'm sure they've, I'm sure they've had an idea or two where they where they where they cut it uh, cut it off uh, before they published. But if you're not if you're not willing to try new things and they are, then then you may not end up uh, you know breaking the mold like they have. So. Yeah, yeah. So Clint, you you've gone to me to the part of United that uh, I didn't even know about until I was walking the the Widener Field Stadium and um, the. We, we were talking with Switchbacks, Chaplin, Kurt Tremper, and we were talking about the fan base had been coming up to uh, Colorado Springs and plastering the city with these stickers, uh, the curse, the curse, the curse. And so the curse is the fan base for New Mexico United and the people that I've interacted with in the last couple of weeks have been talking about. They said the curse, uh, they just, they are they're behind. They're they're the twelfth man, so to speak. They are right behind this team. So, speak a little bit now. This is an extension of the passionate fans that fill Isotopes Park. But tell me about this fan club that they're behind their guys. What what is that about? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first of all, um, the name, the curse. Uh, comes from, I believe, the first governor of New Mexico uh, said something along the lines to his wife about uh, the fact that, that you know, anything that's tried and succeeds in other states and other places, you, you use those same calculations in New Mexico and it just doesn't work. And so... <laughs> And so they call it the curse, right? They call it the curse. So they adopted that mentality. Instead of instead of just accepting it sort of maybe as a negative, they've adopted it and turned it to a positive and said, whatever your team was hoping to do against us, whether it's in on you know in our land or in your land, like it's going to be cursed. It's not going to work. Like, and we are gonna we are gonna be a part of the difference between uh, between our club and your club, and that is we're gonna travel. We're going to fill up two full sections of Isotopes Park in order to set off smoke bombs and in order to make the, the, the loudest noise and the, and, the, and the most unified chants in support of this club. And so they've even started a little Cursitos, which is for the kids. Like they, 
they just they're just not stopping, man. There's no stopping these guys. They 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 charter planes to fly to to US Cup events in Minnesota. They they wow. they track this team. They track this team all over the country. They are showing up all over the country. There's people who who grew up in uh, in New Mexico and longed for something like this their whole lives and yet moved away and now are members of the curse back east and back west and like it's just it's 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 contagious man and it's really cool to see how excited they are and how excited they get people about uh supporting this club on 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 a in a on a professional you know football level and just a relational level for the state and for and they and they and just like the club they support they're they're turning toward the community and trying to trying to make things better in the community and trying to help out with uh with things on the ground as well like supporting uh supporting schools supporting supporting folks in need as well. So, Clint, it feels like there's this underdog mentality to New Mexicans. Like, and and maybe it's a cultural or, or a land-based sort of context, but have I got that sense right that there's almost like this um, this negative negativism that's turned, like, this is just how it is, and, and we're going to run with it. We're just going to... This yeah. is this is us. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right, man. Uh you know, people joke when when they when they come from from back east or 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 other parts of the country, you know, and and they say, you know, I'm going to New Mexico or I visited New Mexico and people are like, "Well, did you need, did you have to get a passport to go there?" you know, like <laughs> we've just kind of always been left We've yeah. just always been left out in in history books, right? And and they or or maybe the kids were just weren't paying attention. I don't know, but uh, it's it, it's kind of this joke that that not only is New Mexico sort of last and everything, but are they even really included? You know, and and there's that mm-hmm. question mark. And 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 I think what's happened is is New Mexico New Mexicans are so gritty. We do have we got a we got a long you know kind of complicated history as a state, right? Being passed back and forth right. between Mexico. and the United States and, and and Texas and and all this like and 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 in a sense left behind it in some of in some of the um some of the ways uh, educationally economically um but I think what's happened is that negative space has been turned into a vacuum and it's turned into a vacuum for passion and a vacuum for uh unity and a vacuum for uh desire and 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 energy towards something that is positive. And so, like I said earlier, like we needed to win. This state gave this, or this club gave the state something to unify around. And it hasn't been perfect, but man, it's been super positive so far. And, and, and I think a lot of people are encouraged and, and for lack of a better term, united around, around what this team's trying to do. Yeah. Now, Clint, I'm going to ask you to, to do something here. Take your chaplain hat off for a moment. All right. Um, and as chaplain, right, you're a guest in a secular institution, a secular organization. You come in, provide pastoral care, support, encouragement. Um, but but now, as a pastor in the city, pastor of Christ Church Albuquerque, where and how do you see the threads of gospel running through this this story, this script that we've just been talking about? Yeah, great question, man. Really great question. Yeah, we we planted Christ Church ABQ downtown uh in the fall of 2016. And uh you know, we said from the beginning that we want to be a church in the heart of the city for every part of the city. Um 
uh, there, there are a few churches left downtown, and um, some churches historically have have left downtown. Uh, numbers numbers dwindling, people moving to suburbs, needing to needing to maintain their membership or whatever, and and have had had to move uh, from downtown to the suburbs. Uh, we feel like a lot of that kind of flight from the from the from the urban areas. It's not just an Albuquerque thing, right? It's happened in in multiple cities, but. There is this resurgence, I think, across the country to to uh, replant the gospel in new ways, uh, replant the scriptures, replant um, replant a, a a high view of who God is and and what His church should be in the in the heart of of cities across the country, and, I, and Albuquerque is no exception. So we we really longed for a new church plant downtown. Um, we're super thankful because there's a couple of uh, churches and their buildings that have been super hospitable to us. We've We've been able to rent from an Episcopal church downtown, St. John's Episcopal, for two years, and now nice. we're renting from uh, First United Methodist Church, which has been a great partnership with them um, in in sharing space and and their hospitable hospitality has been so wonderful. And we meet in the evening, so so whereas First United Methodist would meet in the mornings at their traditional time, we meet in the evenings. And I would say half our church commutes to downtown, at least maybe more than half our church commutes downtown. Um, to we got pe- people people coming from Placidas, which is a town north of Albuquerque. We got people coming from uh, 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 Bosque Farms, uh, south of Albuquerque, to come town ta- downtown. And so we we we've seen the gospel uh, unite, and 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 it's definitely not as flashy as say a soccer club for sure. We don't have that kind of uh, we don't have that kind of front office that's 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 telling stories statewide, but. But I would say the sweetness of the relationships and the unity that we've found. I mean, I was just, I was just uh, working with um, this Native American woman and her and her two kiddos yesterday, and and she she came to know the Lord about two years ago and and professed faith in Christ and and comes from a pretty broken situation and just the love that she has been able to share uh, with us and us with her and and. We long for a picture of 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 Revelation seven, nine and ten, right? Where 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 John looks and God gives him a vision of 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 people from every tribe, language, people, and nation worshiping. Now we know that's coming one day and we know that's a guarantee from God yeah. that, that, that people from every tribe, language, people, and nation are gonna worship before the Lamb and proclaim his praises together in the new heaven and new earth. And yet we believe there should be slices of that, pictures of that. Uh, uh, cutouts from that picture even now in in this state and and New Mexico is a unique state right uh, demographically we're a unique state we have uh, something like 19 pueblos up and down the river we've got a huge uh, Navajo tribe population the Diné people right uh, we 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 have a, a unique diversity of 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 new immigration of old um, immigration from from sure. from uh, from Spanish days here here in New Mexico, and so we long for the gospel to unite people across languages and ethnicities and cultures. And so um, we're actually even hosting a biblical culturality training in, here in a couple of weeks. A guy who serves a guy who serves in Asia full time is coming to say, "Hey, what I do internationally, you can do locally." And and mm-hmm. and if and if we and if we are serious about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if we're serious about you know, accepting his love in the gospel and then turning to our neighbors and loving them as ourselves, we are going to be m- more 
aggressive about identifying barriers that hinder our communication of that love to people who aren't yeah. quite like us or, or vice versa. And so, so yeah, we, we're, we're, we're learning, man. I, we don't have this all figured out. We're learning. Um, uh, we just recently hired a young man from Ecuador to, to just give us some perspective. Right. And, and he's a, he's a ministry resident now. He's actually also to put my chaplain hat back on. He's, he's become my um, unofficial assistant chaplain to help, all the more with, with some of the players who, who want to speak out of their heart language in Espanol. And so he, he's, he's on staff with us now. He's giving us some great perspective. He's going to give some input, too, on this uh, biblical culturality training. He's already given us some great stories um, uh, about his interaction with folks at our church to say, hey, um, there may be some areas we can identify as a church to, to be all the more loving to folks who maybe aren't coming from the majority culture here in, in New Mexico. Um, or at least at this church. And so we just, we want the love of Jesus to flow freely across barriers that traditionally have divided people in our country and in, and in the world. And so we think yeah. Jesus came to do that. We think the whole New Testament, right, is just breaking down the, the, the Greek and Jew, the Gentile Jew barrier, saying the gospel unites, really, truly unites, right? Like even a football club is going to fall short ultimately of uniting people Forever, right? For eternity, right? And so, and so, we are we we have that, right? In the church, we have that gospel. We have the one true way, truth, and life, Jesus Christ, who 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 comes to us um, in our mess, comes to us in our sin, and says, "I'm willing to forgive you of it all. I'm willing to reconcile you to myself, and reconcile you to one another. Even if you've been historic neighbors and historic uh, enemies, like I'm here to unite you across that, and by doing that, show you the true unity that I can give." Uh, through through my through my forgiveness through my love through my presence so yeah to, to see Jesus and His work break down those those typical barriers that get in the way whether it's our our social status our economic status those things um, get leveled out they get leveled out in the soccer game but there's there's only so far that that can go and so I love the uniting factor. Um, and, and that's why I think I love walk, working in, in amongst people that are, are in football is because they're already accustomed to this uniting kind of concept, this uniting uh, context and, and arena of play. And then sometimes the translation to the gospel, it takes work, but you, sure. can, you can show them something that unites them as well and, yeah, and in, a, in a much truer fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, Clint, Clint, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. We didn't even get to touch on half of the things that I have written down to touch on, but we're going to have to save it for another podcast. What I'd like you to do, Clint, if you would, would you pray for New Mexico United for the remainder of this season? Would you just say a prayer and a blessing for them, for Albuquerque, for the state of New Mexico? And we'll we'll close with that. Absolutely, Brad. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the podcast. Thank you for what you do with Soccer Champions United. Thanks for all the support and, and mobilization and encouragement that you give us down here in New Mexico. We feel united with you, uh, right, both in the sport but beyond that in Christ and in this ministry. So thank you, brother. Let me pray now. Father in heaven, we're thankful. Thankful that, um, you know, we mentioned the curse, Lord. We feel the curse. We feel the brokenness in New Mexico. We feel the brokenness in our own souls. We feel the brokenness in our families and in, and in our community and across this planet, Lord, just, we know that 
we know that it's our fault, humans, human beings' fault, people's fault collectively and individually that this place is broken, that there's any trials, that there are any troubles. We know they're all our fault, and we confess that once again, that, that it's all our fault and that you are wise to judge, you are wise to even condemn, and yet you are loving and, and that couples perfectly with your wisdom to forgive and to offer up your son Jesus for our salvation. And so we declare our trust in him once again. We declare our unity in him. Lord, we're so thankful that his love is steadfast, that it endures all of our messiness and rebellion and overcomes it and, and wins our souls daily for your kingdom and for the spread of your kingdom. I pray, Lord, that um, you would help us as men, as, as fathers, as chaplains, as ministers to seek first your kingdom and trust that all the other things will be added unto us by your wisdom and by your perfect timing. I pray, Lord, for New Mexico. I pray that you would uh, continue to spread your gospel here in New Mexico through, through through gospel preaching, Bible teaching, Jesus-loving people, loving churches and Christians throughout this state. I pray for our leadership, Lord, that you continue to give wisdom to our leaders as we come out of restrictions from the pandemic. I pray that you would that you would give them wisdom in leading so that we might all lead quiet, um, humble lives and that they would um, do their jobs by your grace and appointment to, to protect citizens and to help us flourish as a state. I pray to you for the club, for New Mexico United. I, I thank you, God, for New Mexico United. I thank you for the, the, the sweet unity and, and energy and positivity that they bring to the state. I, I thank you for the small things they're doing off the pitch that feel huge for families who are being blessed by it, for, for the community um, encouragement that's going on, for the fun um, atmosphere and the loud crowds and the positivity in the stadium. And I'm thankful for the courage and their dedication to, to, to supporting this club and encouraging this club and encouraging the state. Thankful for uh, thankful for Peter in the front office, for his whole team, for Troy, for um, all the folks up there um, in, in, the, in, the, in the front office, uh, bringing value, uh, using their talent, using their resources to bring value to this community so that we might all benefit, so that we might all get excited about fun things. We know this is all grace from you, uh, and we pray that uh, the common grace of sport, the common grace of community would point us all back towards the special grace of Jesus Christ and his grace and his forgiveness and his reconciliation that he brings to us, his love, his purpose. Um, help uh, Brad and his brother-in-law to get to El Paso safely. I pray it would be a super uh, big encouragement to Eric on their way. And, 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 as they, and as they spend time with them, please bless Soccer Chaplains United, Lord. Help us to be wise and be good and be uh, faithful to you and, and faithful as we serve. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, such a, such yep. a privilege, such a, a treasure to spend some time with you, Clint. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Rev Brad and Clint Moore coming to you from the touchline. <laughs>